Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Welcome to Montessori Talks, where we talk about all things related to the Montessori elementary environment. And today I am going to be talking about the pencil problem. So there are very few topics in the elementary classroom that I hear more about than the continuous struggle about how to manage pencils. Let's not even think about the colored pencils for now. That's a whole other topic. So today we are just going to stick to the regular old lead pencils that the children use a lot for their day-to-day writing. So I've seen teachers swapping stories about their pencil dilemmas online. I've heard them problem solve in the classroom with students. And I've witnessed them sharing strategies with other teachers while on break in the lunchroom. All of this brainstorming with students and each other has resulted in an abundance of ideas, both great and not so great, and some have floated to the top as popular options. However, as we know, no great idea is foolproof. And while many problem-solving sessions lead to improvements in the situation, I have yet to identify strategies that result in this problem being fully solved. So let's take a little look at the many ways in which teachers and students have tackled this problem that I have seen. There are, of course, many other ones that I won't be mentioning today, but I will just mention a few different topics related to the pencil problem. So first we have personal versus communal pencils. One of the things you're going to want to consider is whether or not the pencils in your classroom will be personal or communal. Some teachers find that a personal pencil box for each child containing pencils, erasers, and some other basic writing tools is the way to go. 
I've even heard of a teacher using a wide toothbrush holder that can contain a couple of pencils and an eraser. You can find those usually in the travel section of your local pharmacy or some sort of like Walmart or Target type store. Anyway, the theory is that children will take better care of their materials if they have ownership. Many teachers going this route also have children write their names on their pencils so they can be returned to them if they are misplaced. Some teachers prefer this because there will be fewer parent complaints when sending notes home asking to replenish their child's school supplies. Because if they're sending them for their own child, they're like, oh, okay, this is my child's pencils. Whereas if they're sending a pack for the whole class, they're going to be like, what? They need a whole other pack of pencils again. And it's a little more anonymous. And so they wonder, where do all those pencils go? So some strategies for keeping track of personal pencils are that everyone gets a pencil with a masking tape flag with their name on it. So like a little piece of masking tape at the top, and then you stick it out. You have a little piece sticking out like a flag and their name is on it. And another idea is that people write their name on the pencil with a Sharpie marker and then put clear tape over it to prevent from rubbing off. Sharpie markers are pretty permanent, as many of you know, but they do rub off. So putting some clear tape over that can be a strategy to help from keeping the name from rubbing off. Another idea is that the child keeps their pencil box at their workspace and moves it around as they move around. So if they're working in one spot, they have their pencil box right there with them for when they need it. And then they might move to another spot and they'll carry it around with them. And some people just have them leave their pencil box in their cubby and they just go in and grab what they need when they need it and put it back when they're done. Some teachers go a step further and give each child a mechanical pencil, replenishing lead as needed. These pencils have an added element of permanence to them and therefore possibly more treasured and less likely to be misplaced. You know, so it's sort of like it is made of plastic, not wood. It doesn't disappear over time. It's something that is more, I guess, hardy because it stays with you, it doesn't erase as it is being sharpened. So there are also many pros for communal pencils. So let's talk about communal pencils for a little bit here. Everyone has the same brand in the classroom. When you have communal pencils, everyone has the same brand leading to fewer arguments over the cool pencils. And even if you are having parents send them in, you can say, oh, I want to, we want to use this particular brand. So can you please bring these in? But regardless, you could also even say, everybody, please send in yellow pencils. And people usually aren't fighting over the same yellow pencils. But if you have some cool pencil that has a design on it, and there are a few of those, those are going to be coveted because they are scarce. So you want to think about that. You can also have a stash of pencils that you easily replenish as they get low rather than a child suddenly coming to you and saying that they have used their last pencil. Pencils can also be placed in portable containers that children can use more easily during the collaborative work. Community supplies also support equity as everyone has access to the same tools needed to be successful in class. 
This is a huge relief for students from lower income households who may not easily be able to afford the latest and the coolest pencils. Also, labeling every single pencil is tedious and not something a busy teacher wants to spend their precious time on. Well, at least most busy teachers that I know anyway. My friend Britt Hawthorne recently shared some strategies for supporting a communal pencils management system. And if you're interested in hearing a detailed account about that, you can find it on her Instagram account, which is Britt Hawthorne. And I'm going to kind of share one of my ideas is similar to hers. So that will be in here, but she elaborates on a much more comprehensive idea. So let's talk about some strategies for keeping communal pencils organized. One strategy, which is a more generalized version of Brit's suggestion that I just mentioned a moment ago, is to have two communal jars of pencils, one for sharpened pencils and one for unsharpened ones. The unsharpened pencils get resharpened at the end of the day, and each day begins with a fresh jar of sharpened pencils. This way, no one says they can't find pencils and there isn't a need for a loud sharpener to be used during the work cycle. Many teachers talk about that loud sharpener being an annoyance, which is why many people have their students use handheld sharpeners and maybe put that in a little dish on their supply shelf. And it's really good for their fine motor control and concentration and exercising their patience. But that's a whole other topic altogether is your pencil sharpener. But that's just a little snippet of what you might want to do. When pencils are too short or damaged, you can just grab a handful of new ones. So some people do a combination of personal and communal. An example of this would be to give children two pencils that they keep in their cubby or their pencil box, whichever they you know are doing, but they also will have a supply of communal pencils on hand that they can access when the personal pencils are misplaced. And those would be located on your sh- supply shelf. I've heard of a few strategies that sound a bit complicated to me. For example, here's one that I've heard of recently um, is where teachers designate children as pencil monitors. Then everyone is handed a pencil in the morning, and then those pencils are collected before lunch, then they are given out again after lunch, and then they're collected again at the end of the day. That is a lot of time spent keeping track of pencils. And while that might work for some, it will likely be cumbersome for others. And the thing is with systems is that if you can simplify a system, It's generally better because then the children will have an easier time remembering. There are sometimes when systems are inherently complicated, in which case you're going to walk the children through the steps many times until they get it. But if you can simplify, I think it's always the way to go. I've also heard of teachers using techniques that involve long lectures with a tinge of guilt and shame in hopes of changing the situation. These sorts of techniques backfire, creating feelings of division and hostility and undermining trust. They also can affect the child's self-esteem. 
When you find yourself feeling frustrated when delivering the message about pencils, check yourself to see if you are cultivating a setting where you are encouraging curiosity and problem solving, or if you are complaining or nagging at the children without a clear focus on finding solutions. When formulating a strategy for keeping pencils in the hands of your students, there are three important things you're going to want to consider. One, is it leading to greater independence in the child? That's what we want. You know, is this a system that they're going to rely on us or is this a system that they can maintain themselves? Number two, is it respectful? We always want to make sure that when we are formulating strategies for anything, that it's respectful. And number three, is it in alignment with the notion of freedom and responsibility? If you can answer yes to those three questions, then you have a solid plan in place. In fact, I think I can safely say that when proceeding with most new ideas to implement with students in the classroom, these are three questions you will always want to ask yourself. So I have some personal thoughts on pencil management that might not be similar to most people. In fact, I have a very unconventional outlook on how to deal with pencils in the classroom in general, which has led me to having a great deal of peace of mind regarding the pencil dilemma. So there came a time in my teaching career when I decided to view pencils as consumable materials not unlike toilet paper or paper towels. I always had a container or two of pencils, and when we ran low, I replaced them with more. Every once in a while, we would have community meetings about caring for pencils and other supplies, but there was no expression of frustration from me about the dwindling supply of pencils. There was no shaming, no making others feel badly about it. We get low on pencils, and then we replenish. If I shift my perspective to see this continuously utilized tool as a consumable material, then I'm not going to be flustered when the supply runs low. Along with toilet paper and paper towels, we have lots of consumable materials that get used and used up every single day, such as electricity, water, and paper, and while teachers are apt to have community meetings about conserving these resources, it seems to be less likely to lead to nagging, shaming, or blanket punishments than I tend to see with pencils. And a blanket punishment example would be something like, okay, since none of you are taking care of your pencils, then uh, nobody's getting a new one. You're going to have to have, everybody has to have their pencil until it's down to two inches in length. And then I will replace it. Or if you don't have a pencil, then I guess you just don't get to do your work today. So, you know, these are kind of things that you want to avoid. You want to be more problem solver than creating a situation where it feels like a punishment. So, by changing my mindset about not regarding a pencil as something that is scarce or that needed to be revered as a sacred item, I was able to let go of any exasperation I could have potentially had surrounding lost, broken, or quickly used pencils. 
After all, I didn't get frustrated with the children when we ran out of toilet paper or paper towels. Why shouldn't I hold the same attitude towards pencils? I recognize that my thinking on this is not conventional, and I want to be clear that I'm not suggesting that we never talk to students about caring for classroom materials, which include pencils. In my experience, sometimes it's a more effective approach for me to shift my mindset about a belief that I hold than to continuously problem solve a solution for it or to create complicated systems that will generate extra and unnecessary steps and processes for teachers and students alike. So next time you find something in the classroom bothering you, it might be that you need to reevaluate a system or it might be that you want to reevaluate your attitude towards whatever is causing you feelings of distress. Personally, I find that the sweet spot is to have a simple yet mostly effective system while also developing a more relaxed attitude towards whatever may arise. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trilliummontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.